Hello, I'm Clayton Horwitz. With Ben Abraham. And this is episode 70 of Hockey Topics, the ultimate NHL podcast. With every playoff series, we will bring you the latest in hockey from the perspective of teenage sports fanatics. Feel free to tweet us at hockey underscore topics or contact us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash hockey topics. Every series, we will go over 10 of the latest NHL topics, along with segments showcasing the best of the previous playoff round. And we are now among the Stanley Cup Finals. They're beginning tomorrow, May 29th. We have gotten down to two teams, so we are going to break down the two series that led up to the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup Finals that are start tomorrow, along with um, some other news that's gone on throughout the week. A couple injuries, a couple just like NHL-related things that are going on. It'll be fun. So we'll start here with topic number one, the Western Conference Final, which included the Nashville Predators and the Anaheim Ducks. Well, as you know, because Nashville's in the final, the uh, <clears throat> the Predators defeated the Ducks in six games, and Nashville seemed to, although they suffered their first home ice playoff loss uh, in these entire playoffs against the Ducks, um... It was uh, it was very hard fought series because both uh, both physical teams they went up against each other and we also saw guys uh, and a huge loss for the uh, Predators. Johansson goes down in Game Four of that series, <clears throat> and we also saw because the Ducks they're not a team to you know kind of shrug off because the Predators were doing well the entire playoffs, but um, but the Anaheim Ducks they came hard. Although they lost game one, they came back and they fought back into the series. They won game two, and uh, it, it was just a hard-fought series all the way through. And once again, the, the defining factor for the Nashville Predators was the uh, was the defensive activation. You're not going to find a decor more reliable and solid than the Nashville Predators' defense because they're reliable enough. They can work it on the penalty kill, power play, even strength. They create plays. They start the rush. They're a fast, neutral zone team. And I think the Ducks just not being able to, you know, get on that quick enough to uh, to shut that down, their speed and all of that stuff, they eventually fell in six games. But game six was an awesome game because – the Ducks were just destroying the Predators the entire time. They had their number. The, the Predators didn't even make it to 20 shots on goal, I don't believe. So the the fact that the, the Predators and Pecorine was once again fantastic, like he has been all playoffs, a complete 180 from the regular season. Um, well, I don't, I don't well, know he if was, 180 is fair. Like he's still, well, he goes from he he went from like a nine twelve like obviously he's still elevated to a nine forty one. I mean he's it's just like night and day with this guy because in the regular season he was struggling so much and then he's able to come back in the playoffs. They're the last team to make the playoffs and everybody thought they were going to be obliterated by the Hawks, but it went the other way around. So I think it's just the. Because they're obviously the Cinderella team here. Nobody expected them to be anywhere near the second round even, but they're in the finals now. So it's the play of Pecorine plus just their surprise attack from the defense, which has been a key factor in why they're actually in the final. But it was a great series against the Ducks. Yeah, I got to say, it's been a lot of fun rooting for Nashville after they like beat the Blackhawks. And not that... I was necessarily rooting for the team that beat the Blackhawks to go far, but I think it's just because, like, because they're the underdog or because they're, like, on paper, they're not the better team, it's been kind of fun to just watch them, like, show up at, like, playing all the away games because they, like, never had home ice and then just, like, winning, like, a bunch of games in a row and just playing stronger and doing things that we didn't see in the regular season. Yeah. And obviously, it's not like they played bad in the regular season, per se, because they still made the playoffs. That's true. But their play was not nearly as close to what it is right now. And the way that they've elevated their game, too, has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's extremely impressive. Like, I honestly don't know what or how stopped them from not doing this in the regular season. They could have ended up, like, with one of the top spots in the Central or something. 
Yeah, if they were playing like this in the regular season easily. So, the Predators in the Stanley Cup Final for the first time ever. So, that is that is definitely something, especially that the season they've had, how they made it into the playoffs. And, um, yeah, I really did not think they'd be the team we'd be talking about today. Yep, that's definitely surprising. But, hey, it's I mean, this is why you play the games. Anything yeah, can happen. Exactly. It could be a lot worse. So, topic number two features the Eastern Conference Final between the Penguins and the Senators and another team that nobody really expected to be in the Conference Finals, the Ottawa Senators. Um, they, they, were, they were sticking in there. They had a great Conference Finals. They walk into Pittsburgh. They win game one. And they that kind of set the tone for the series. And, and all of these games were very close, except that game five when the Senators got blown out seven to nothing. But they were very close, hard-fought games in the way that the... Because clearly the Penguins, and even like Eric Carlson, I believe, was saying how, yeah, they're the better team. And we just got to deal with that. And the way that they were able to... Skate with the cent or skate with the Penguins and be able to play with them on their level. Aside with stellar play from uh, Craig Anderson, he was fantastic. So he he was really from the start of the playoffs one of the key components to why they actually made it to the Eastern Conference Final. And they they could have just as easily won Game Seven as the Penguins did, but uh, but that was a great Game Seven. And yeah, I mean, the whole series overall was a lot closer than everyone thought it was going to be because I feel yeah. like most people were rooting for the Senators due to the fact that they were the underdog, mm-hmm. all with the mix that everyone hates the Penguins. So I was, I was pretty surprised and I was delighted that the series actually made it to seven because... Like, when everyone's kind of rooting against the Penguins, or not, I wouldn't, like, when I say everyone, I don't mean, like, there aren't any Penguins fans. When I say everyone, I mean, like, the general hockey consensus that is outside of, like, Ottawa and Pittsburgh. Like, just, like, the hockey fans whose team is already out, you know? Like, people are were rooting for the Senators because they were rooting for the underdog, and they just don't like the way that Pittsburgh's fan base operates or something so the, they, they, like it really made this series a lot of fun to watch due to the fact that it actually wasn't a blowout yeah and this was definitely a great series the way that the senators stuck in there and also there were definitely uh speculations going on about the attendance because the senators were unable to sell out lots of these playoff games like the upper deck lots of empty seats and the fact that they were like unable to sell out and I didn't even I don't even think they sold out Game Six of the Conference Finals. So that says a lot about attendance in Ottawa, and says a lot about the character of their fans. But I mean, they I'm not trying to bash. Well, their it fan doesn't base necessarily mean the they character do have of their fans. No, it could I, just I mean, be the amount of their fans, dedicated or fans, the ticket prices. I mean, it's not like it's it's a conference final game. You should be able to fill it easily. I don't know why they weren't. I think there's more than 16,000 Senators fans, so... Fair enough. I think they should easily be able to sell out. I don't know if it's because they're cheap. I don't know if it's because it's Canada and it's, like, a lot of Canadian dollars to get in the stadium. I don't know. But you should... It's kind of... It's, like, embarrassing that they can't even sell out a conference final game, but... I'm sure the NHL was, ex- like, ecstatic that, the, that Pittsburgh made it to the Cup over Ottawa. Because if it was Ottawa-Nashville Stanley Cup, they would have been throwing money down the drain yeah you know like now that it's in pittsburgh which is a huge hockey market and they already won the cup last year so they can just recycle last year's uh cup winning t-shirts they're like they're like this them like pittsburgh being in the finals is going to make the nhl way more money than ottawa would well yeah i remember i saw someone was going off on uh they were going off on twitter saying that like during game seven they're like the nhl is going to send in like like uh, rigged refs, they're gonna send in, like biased refs to make sure the Penguins win, so that the NHL would make more money. And at first, when you first hear that, you're like, "Wait a second, that makes a lot of sense." <laughs> but then you like actually watch the game and you realize it goes into double overtime, and you're like, "All right, that's impossible." 
But it's just yeah. like an interesting thought, though. I mean, I don't know. It's probably not true because all these. I mean, I would be guys. pretty sure. I mean, I'm like pretty sure it isn't true, but it's just like it just makes you think. Well, I mean, if you look at the calls in that game, it it automatically refutes any of that stuff because they did make some pretty bad calls against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it's not like because you could tell if it was if it was biased. I mean, and I thought that was a pretty fair called game. It was a little tight, but definitely called it right down the middle, and it was a great game. They let they mostly just let them play. So, uh. I think that Ottawa definitely, uh, they went way over their heads against Pittsburgh taking on this series, and they had to just bring it down to earth and be like, all right, guys, we're playing the best team in the league right now pretty much, and um, we just need to figure out how to take this game by game. And they got to seven. It was a great series, but it would have been nice to see the, the Senators be uh, unable to sell out final games if they were in the finals, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's I. I wouldn't think that like, I really wouldn't think that like, like Canada was gonna have an issue selling out these games. Yeah, that was really confusing. I'm like, wait, this is Ottawa's in Canada. Are you sure? Cause this should be sold out already. Yeah, I really didn't think that Canada was gonna be the place having issues selling out tickets. Yeah, I thought if that was gonna happen, it would have been in somewhere like Anaheim. Anaheim, Which I think they also struggled to sell their tickets. Anaheim sold out, but everybody got there late. You know what I mean? Like everybody, like by the, like when the puck dropped, nobody. It was probably like three quarters of the way full, but then by the second period, it was sold out. So it was like I don't know that Anaheim traffic. Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't all know the excuses. Anaheim has any traffic? But that's. I mean, you just leave for the game earlier, but whatever. I don't know. Not everyone's up on their Google Maps game the way they should be. <laughs> I guess that's what it seems like. True. So we will move on to our first segment of the day: the best game of the conference finals between both series. Clearly, these games are extremely important when you break it down. So it's very important to think of like which game was the most impactful, and mine was probably the Penguin-Senators Game 7, which, obviously, it being a Game 7, everything is on the line. So in that game, they kept each other scoreless in the first. Each team, respectively, scored one in the second and the third, which led them into overtime. And that overtime, that first overtime was one of, like, the most fun playoff overtimes I've ever gotten to watch. Because the opportunities were everywhere to score, and they just, no one could convert. The goalies were on top of their game. So they get into the second overtime, and Chris Kunitz of the Penguins scores about five minutes in to double overtime to send the Penguins to their second Stanley Cup in a row. Alright, so I'm going to stick with that series, obviously, and um, I'm, but I'm going to say Game 6, because um, the Senators were able to rebound for a 2-1 win after they got... <coughs> completely annihilated in game five seven to nothing blown out it was lights out anderson was trash he rebounded with like 45 saves something crazy like that and he kept them in the game and craig anderson this whole season he's been like the the headline with his wife and stuff like that but he's been able to focus and play the game and he played it well and that was a fantastic game for the senators as they did push it to seven so the will was there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So we'll move on to topic number three here. Eric Carlson of the Ottawa Senators to have an MRI and X-rays on injured on his injured heel. He says he sustained the injury blocking a shot late in the regular season. Just another fun reason to back up you losing the series is to claim that you were dealing with an injury that you just never got fixed. A long time ago. Yeah, I got which hit. Just the... is so stupid. It's like I'm I got sorry. hit in the puck with an eye, and I was blind for half the series. Like so you can't. It's not my I just fault. don't understand why after like every series, whatever team like, that lost, oh, this guy's injured. Whatever this team that lost will be like, oh wait a second, this guy actually played through this broken bone. So why did he play? <laughs> why did you send him out there if your heel was injured? I think they just shot him up on painkillers, and then they're just well, like, Well, either right, way, that's play. still, like, 
They should use, like, basic, like, medical intelligence snow. That's only going to make it worse. Well, I mean, the guy probably wants to win the Stanley Cup, so he's like, all right, I'm, I can live without a heel. I'll just win Although, the Cup. technically, according to what we have here, it just says he's going to have an MRI and x-rays. So it just says that they're going to look at it. Well, that's I mean, basically, it's probably... That's basically what we're saying right here is that they're going to look at it. They didn't even say that anything was wrong. They're just kind of, like, making excuses at this point. And obviously, obviously, I'm not bashing on the Senators because I was rooting for them, and Eric Carlson is a phenomenal defenseman. But I just really don't like how after all these series the teams lose, they'll come out and be like, oh, yeah, this player was dealing with this injury. That's why we lost. Oh, yeah, the excuses on Ovechkin, they listed, like, four injuries on him. Yeah, remember when the, uh, so when, the shark, when the Sharks got out? Oh, yeah, Joe Thorne and they, had, they, like... They were like, oh, yeah, Thorne was hurt, Couture was hurt, Marlowe... It's like, no, like, they wouldn't have been <laughs> playing if they were hurt. Did the... I don't... I think the Oilers were the... Like, the Oilers and the Hawks... Well, well, I think the, only... the Hawks couldn't really. <laughs> we're like the only teams. <laughs> the that Hawks didn't couldn't be like, oh, that. our players were injured. It's like, no, you lost four games in a row. All right, so Crawford was injured, Taves was injured, Kane was injured, uh, Keith Seberg, they were all injured. So it's not. Yeah, our you fault. can't. Be... I don't think like the Oilers probably could have played that card if they wanted to. The Blackhawks couldn't. Like, oh yeah, we got swept by the wild card team. It was because one of our players had an injured heel. He's getting an X-ray for it. So I'm like, no. <laughs> they couldn't. <laughs> and most other teams did that, especially the Sharks, which made me very mad. We talked about that back when the Sharks got out. Is that they're just like spewing nonsense? And I'm sure, like they sure, like I'm sure they weren't just like lying about injuries. But it's like if they if it was a real issue, then you wouldn't have had them play. You know, it's just annoying how they always they're just trying to like make like cover themselves and make it seem like. That's why they lost. All right, so we're going to move on with this train on topic number four. The Ducks have announced that Sammy Vanden and Hempus Lindholm were playing through soldier, so, ah, shoulder injuries and uh, that they will require surgery, which will take about a four- to five-month requ- recovery, which means they will miss the start of next season, most likely. So, I guess... Like, I'm not as angry about this one as I was the last one because they say that they're getting surgery and they're going to be out for, like, half a year. (laughs) So, like, part of me is like, wow, wait until they get out to announce it. But at the same time, they are getting surgery. So it's like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, clearly they're not, like, over-exaggerating an injury or anything. If they have to get surgery, they're going to be out for a while. True. Because Eric Carlson didn't really have it. He was just like, oh, yeah, well, I'm getting an x-ray. Well, that's not that hard to do, to have an x-ray. It's not actually saying anything, but, I mean, anything, I guess, to make themselves feel better. But also, I don't know how both of these defensemen just are magically dealing with, like, the same type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. And how they're both going to miss, like approximately the same amount of time that is weird that i mean we've seen matching injuries before but it's not that common but uh and it's it's also odd that they're both defensemen but either way um it's like a torn something in their shoulder so and also if they were playing with it injured, they probably were all like, because all these guys are probably shot up on like lots of amounts of lots of painkillers, so they don't like feel it, and they can still play through it. So yeah, I mean, I would assume, but eventually, if your injury is bad enough, painkillers aren't going to solve it. I but guess, yeah. if you can still play, then it probably was not that bad of an injury to begin with. But I mean, your shoulder is like a lot of part of hockey because yeah you, like, so i don't think use it a lot if they were really dealing with like huge shoulder injuries they wouldn't have been playing you know yeah but um yeah there's some injuries there topic number five this is where it gets interesting so john scott calls out pk suban Real quick before we get Wait. into this, if you don't remember who John Scott is, if you're a new he listener. He is a legendary Hockey Hall of Fame defenseman, better than Bobby Orr. No, okay, so to tell the exact truth opposite of that, John Scott, for those who have not been with us for a while, John Scott was an AHL player 
who last All-Star, not last, it was like two All-Star games ago. Yeah. Uh, as a practical joke, since he was an NHL player, in the voting ballot, he got like a bunch of votes from like a campaign on the internet. And then he was a captain for the All-Star game. And they were try like, they realized that this is a mistake. We shouldn't have like let this voting thing be an option. So they asked him to. They asked him to step down. He was like, "No, I'm not stepping down." Then they just traded him across the country. So then he couldn't play, and he was like, "No, I'm. I'm, I'm still gonna do it." And he just kind of made a mockery out of that whole All Star game. So obviously, there are some people who like John Scott a lot, and they're like, "I can't believe they would treat him like this. They have to let him play. They shouldn't have traded him. They messed up his whole well." And then there are some other people. Which I think mean better included than say, well, he should have not played in the game because he's not an all-star. Yep. So, a lot of people fall on both sides of that spectrum. You're entitled to your opinion. Our opinion is that he is a joke and should not have been allowed in the all-star game at all. Anyway. Or even the NHL. That, well, <laughs> I think we don't, I don't think they need us to tell him that. I think they already did let him. Alright. So, continue. So, quote-unquote, John Scott says about P.K. Subban, I don't like him. I think on the ice, he's a piece of garbage. Perceived as like a hot shot. This guy thinks he's better than everybody. Well, mm. see, P.K. Subban is very is very classy, as you see with his actions. Even Because he did come out with a statement. He's like, I don't know why I'm not a Montreal Canadian anymore, but frankly, I don't care. So, something along those lines. So I guess people were reacting to that. But honestly, that was kind of like a... Because... He had some problems. I think it was him and like Michelle Terrian had a uh, had uh, issues, so he got traded. And then um, I guess he's just kind of say that to mock Montreal. But I mean, I don't blame him. Kind of like a playful little, well, no, kind of like a look what you get for trading me. I'm in the finals. You are out in the first round, kind of thing. And that's cool. I mean, that's perfectly fine if you're gonna chirp your old team for trading you for pretty much no reason other than like background stuff. Then sure, I guess. Um, I bet Shea Weber's like crying in the on his couch watching uh, the, the conference finals. Like, oh no, I could have been there. But the PK Subban is definitely classy. He's always been flashy with his celebrations and his like dress. But I don't think you should rip on him like that. I, if you don't like him, that's fine. But you don't have to be a hypocrite and say that he's a piece of garbage. When honestly, the person who's saying it, John Scott, is a piece of garbage. But I mean, it's yeah, kind of so. like. Like, not classy to say that, to so just I rip guess, on him for no reason. I'll just take from the quote. The quote did say, I think on the ice he's a piece of garbage. Because at first glance, I was like, how can you say that about P.K. Subban? He's been constantly known to be donating to charity, helping out youth kids organizations, helping out, like, minority organizations, donating money to, like, hospitals and stuff. I was like, how could you say that? And then it said, but I think on the ice... He's a piece of garbage. So, and I get, like, in retrospect, no one really knows how P.K. Subban is on the ice unless you play with P.K. Subban. And obviously you see him and you're like, okay, that's an, he's a great player. And that is, I mean, I guess it's up for debate, but I would say he's a great player as well. Yeah. But that's, like, I think on the ice. So I feel like there's a, not a whole lot we can say about it just because... We don't know how he really is on the ice. Like, technically, we don't know. But, I just don't... I can't get behind John Scott saying that, like, P.K. Subban hasn't really, like, earned the respect that he's gotten. But if it was someone, like... If it was a credible defenseman that said this, like... Like, Brent Burns or Ryan Suter or someone I mean, like that that's, like, a good defenseman that has, like... National Hockey League status, you know what I mean, and is like a real all star. Yeah, and I mean, I guess like we said earlier, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I don't think John Scott's opinion deserves to be heard by anybody <laughs> because John Scott really doesn't have any NHL career to show for it. I don't think he is qualified to be saying negative things about PK Subban's play. Because John Scott has played in less than 20 NHL games <laughs> and snuck his way into the All-Star game because of a fluke. You know, like, they picked him 
out of a handful of whatever and AHL players because he was bad and it's funny. So <laughs> I mean, his rise funny. to fame was already because of his poor play. Like if that didn't happen, we would not know who he was. Yeah, and John Scott was with the Hawks. He did play like pretty much the bulk of his career on the Hawks, if you if you could say. So I get cuz I mean, they didn't really play Montreal a lot, so I mean, he was never really with an Eastern Conference team where he got to play against Montreal because he never played when P.K. Subban was on the Predators. So I don't know if he's talking about, like, how he is in the game or how he is, like, how he just looks on the ice. So I don't know. Either way, it's kind of like a low blow for John Scott, a player of his status, to talk bad about such a great player and such a classy guy. Yeah, so I guess John Scott really just wanted us to dislike him even more than we already did and come at an all-star defenseman. And I said that to someone. I was like, he can't, like, you shouldn't talk the way to an all-star defenseman. And they were like, well, John Scott's an all-star defenseman. Boy. (laughs) And it's like, I don't, I didn't even know how to respond to that because I was like, well, I guess that is true. But I'm very unhappy about that. <laughs> it's true, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that's a way to put it. That All Star Game should be like erased from history. Just, just have like an asterisk next to it. Yeah. Forever. Just be like, it's like John Scott MVP. Like, no, you got the MVP because the NHL was taking a bunch of bad press. Because so you guys pressured him. Because you guys pressured uh, the Coyotes to trade him. And so we think, but it. Seems to make sense that it happened. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's pretty. It makes a solid amount of sense why and how the Coyotes traded him to Montreal. Yeah, single-handedly like knocking the Coyotes out of that All Star game. But you know, I guess that's that's the way it is sometimes. All right, so we're gonna take a break from our topics and go on to our segments with the best play of the conference final. So, there's only two series to choose from, but I gotta say a pretty nifty little... Oh my god, why did I say that? A pretty cool play from James Neal in uh, Game 2 of the Western Conference Final. And uh, it's a pass off Johansson right at the side of the net on a power play. And he's right on the goal line, alright? So, Gibson's kind of looking around. He's looking one way. He looks to the... uh, He looks to his left. But the pass goes to the right to James Neal, and he just, like, it's like kind of like slow motion. He just calmly brings it up to the goal line and from behind the goal line up to the net and, like, tucks it in the net. I don't know. It, it, I mean, I'm sure you saw, you've seen it, but it was, it was their second goal of the game, which they did lose 5-3. to three, But it was kind of cool how it just, the pass froze Gibson somehow, and then... Neil just stick handled around the post, really, and just tucked it in. Yeah, that was definitely a great play. My best play of the conference finals goes to hard fought goalie Craig Anderson, who pushes across the net and knocked down a Sidney Crosby one timer from the right circle with his glove. Fantastic stop by Anderson against uh, debatably the NHL's best player. So, whatever that happens, you just got to tip your cap to him. I am taping my cap as we speak. That is true. I know you can't see it, but I did witness it. That <laughs> I am a primary source. <laughs> All right. So, jumping right back into the topics, we're just breezing through here nice and quick. The Capitals and the Leafs for topic number six are rumored to play at the U.S. Naval Academy next season hmm. as an outdoor game, which honestly... Let's kind of step aside from the topic and talk about outdoor games. So, there's been like some articles going around like have outdoor games lost their novelty because it seems like when the NHL introduced the Winter Classic, there was there was like one outdoor game a year and that was perfect because it was an event. It was like, okay, there's one thing to look forward to. But then they got like the Heritage Classic. So then there's another one. I mean, okay, cool. cool there's two now. And then Heritage is usually Canadian teams, 
So that's cool. Every couple of years you play the Canadian teams and then you do the Winter Classic. Then they introduced the Stadium Series and there's like a bunch of those games with the Heritage Classic sometimes and with the Winter Classic. And it's kind of like, alright, now it's kind of like a chore. Then they do the Centennial Classic, the Winter Classic, the Heritage Classic, now the Stadium Series 2. And I, I don't know, it seems like it's just overkill for a thing that was once great and like once to look forward to is kind of just routine now. And I do think that the, the articles hit it right on the spot. It definitely has lost its novelty because it's just another thing. It's becoming so routine and it's happening too much. It's kind of overkill and you're kind of like, all right, let's just knock off the stadium series, cut that crap, do the winter classic. It was perfect January 1st. That's, that's cool. And then maybe like a heritage classic. But I think the stadium series was stupid. It, it was cool when it first started because they had like the futuristic looking jerseys. And yeah, stuff, I think but- it was like the first year. They did the stadium series. Everybody was like, "Whoa, no way, more outdoor!" But like now, now it's, it's kind of like, like well, "All right, it's, do it's, we really it's need these games?" Well, I mean, my opinion about this about outdoor games, along with this topic, I do think, like you're right, I do think outdoor games have kind of lost their touch. However, I would support a game at the U.S. Naval Academy. Yeah, that's different. I'm just saying in general. But that would, if it was like the Winter Classic and this, and then they have like another Centennial Classic or something like that. So those three, I'd say, because this would be cool because it's like the Naval like Naval Academy. <clears throat> well, it's hockey just outside. supporting our armed forces, I mean, with a yeah. hockey game with the Capitals and the Leafs, who are two respected teams now. And it would be cool. And the Leafs were not a respected team up until a couple of years ago, so yeah. I, I couldn't even say that. And, like, because this is at the Naval Academy, so, so they Which I say, believe is in Maryland? It's somewhere around D.C., so... Oh, that's, I guess that makes sense on why the Caps are in it then. I didn't really think about that. And the, and the Toronto's over in that area, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be really cool... If they did like naval, like, see, if naval it's United, if it, see, what I, it's caps for sure, but I don't understand why it's the Leafs because it's the United States Naval Academy. So I was going to mm, say, like, that, you know what? Yeah. See, that's what I've heard. I yeah, guess that's it, the rumors. But I guess the I'm, Capitals, now I guess the Leafs have to lose because <laughs> the Leafs only, can't win. The Leafs can't beat the U.S. at the U.S. Naval Academy. If it was like that'd be hilarious. The Capitals and some other team that's some like other American like patriotic Blue Jackets, Capitals and Blue Jackets. Oh yeah, that, that would be a fantastic matchup that the NHL should do instead of the Maple Leafs, which who are rumored to play the Capitals in this rumored Naval Academy outdoor game that is rumored to happen next season. Now, Wait, I've, is it for sure happening? I've read multiple articles that say it's a. Like that say it is, but they also they also say it's a rumor, mm. and it says the NHL. I heard that the NHL was going to announce Monday about this. I literally didn't hear about this until Friday, or I mean, uh, yeah, Friday I saw something like a post about it on Instagram, and then Saturday I was like, oh, <laughs> there's articles on it, so I'm like, oh, all right, maybe this will happen. But the Leafs, I don't understand why, because if it was like the Blue Jackets and Capitals, they could do like United States Air for uh. Navy, they could do like navy themed jerseys. You know how like that like baseball does the Memorial Day specialty jerseys and like that stuff. Yeah, that would be cool if the NHL did that for this, but with like That'd the navy. Be interesting, yeah. I mean, I support a game at the U.S. Naval Academy, but I think like if we could reduce the amount of outdoor games, that would be really cool. That would be fantastic like, as well. I'd the Winter Classic every year. Yeah, and then if there was something like this going on, do it. Or like a Centennial Classic type thing where teams have been around for 100 years. Do that too. So that's just like, there would be like other outdoor games like occasionally, like whenever they happen to come up. You know? Yeah, but you got to cut. The Stadium Series needs to be finished. If this reaches, if this episode, if this part of the episode reaches Gary Bettman, <laughs> I'm going to talk, I'm, I'm going to say right here to Gary Bettman, Bro, you gotta cut off the stadium series. It's too much. I mean, I definitely don't think Gary Bettman's necessarily the one who chose to make the stadium series. I mean, he has the final say in most stuff, so I'd assume he has, like, 
he can bring it to the board of governors and be like, yo, these guys on hockey well, topics are like, making a good point right now. We gotta listen. Well, it's probably just like, well, it's like even in the White House, like the like Congress can pass a bill, but the president can veto it. Bro, I'm sure but we've been over then this Congress lots of can times. still veto the president. They can decl- like they can deny the veto if they get enough votes, because like one person should not have more power than all those people. So even if Gary Bettman, for some reason, had a final say in anything, anything that important, like it like it doesn't matter what he says, you know, because mm. there's enough people who are already working on it. I mean, I guess, but either way, Stadium Series is finished. Just cut it off. It's it's been milked enough already. Anyway, I mean, there's no reason for them to stop it. I mean, well, like, for us, like, I understand what we're saying. I'm saying, like, from the NHL's eyes, they make money, people watch them. They're not going to stop. I mean, yeah, either way, the, the out, there's just too many outdoor games, I feel. Well, but, I mean, no, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just letting you know that will not happen. Well, and there's also for economic teams, reasons. There's also teams that have never seen an outdoor game before. While the Hawks, they've been in like five. So I see why some fan bases are pissed off and want well, the stadium the teams series. teams that haven't played any outdoor to, games yet are the teams with lower attendances and the teams aren't as good. Well, I mean, the Senators can barely sell out a conference final game and they've had an outdoor game before. They've had one, but the Sabres are getting an outdoor game next year. I'm, if I, if I'm not mistaken, they actually do like, they don't like consistently sell out, but they do have attendance that is more than you would expect hmm i don't even i think more than i expect would just be like over eight people so yeah <laughs> i mean if you bring 10 people into a sabers game that's pretty yeah good. if you just like take you and your clients to a sabers game you just doubled their attendance honestly all right so the bottom line of this topic is the florida panthers should be moved anyway topic number <laughs> seven Ryan Johansson of the Nashville Predators is out the rest of the playoffs due to a left thigh injury suffered in Game 4 of the Conference Finals. And you saw him, he, he was posing with the the uh, Campbell Bowl, and he's like in his crutches. He's like, yeah, man, let's go. And then he, his his thigh was all injured and stuff. But you, but you know, so he is out the rest of the playoffs, and this is a huge blow because... The Nashville Predators have definitely relied on him as to be one of their top guys, and him as well as like Kevin Fiala are out. Um, James Neal, as of now, he's out as well. I believe Colin Wilson might return tomorrow. So lots of injuries for the Predators, but they've been able to sustain it, and I think if they can gain a couple of those guys back, well... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be right. nice, but I mean, Ryan Johansson's a hard player to lose over the. But past then again, you look at the Penguins; they have not been healthy since like De- I, I believe December fourteenth was the last time they've had a full healthy roster, and now they've played the Fair entire enough. playoffs without Chris Letang. So it's those those things. Well, Ryan Johansson and Chris Letang are also like interchangeable players. Because they both like offense versus defense. Well, I mean, and Patrick Hornquist's career has been declining anyway. It's not like the, it's not like he's the player that that's causing the Penguins to lose or anything. Yeah. So topic number eight kind of intertwines with seven. Like to be honest, not a lot of things have gone by since the last have like happened that of significant value since the last episode. So we're just scraping for the most important stuff. So James Neal and Patrick Hornquist could both return for game one of the final. And they were traded for each other in the offseason of 2014, so, I mean, that's kind of something to keep your eye on, because they're definitely both guys that can provide the spark, and uh, James Neal definitely, you know, he can get it done. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great for both teams if they could get back these players. Like, personally, I think James Neal is bigger to the Preds than Hornquist is to the Penguins. Yeah. So... For James Neal to come back, that would be, like, great. Especially because they just lost Ryan Johansson. Hornquist going back to the Penguins is not really that big of a deal because the offense wasn't where they were suffering. So, like, sure, like, yeah, it'd be nice, but that's not going to change anything significant. But James Neal going back to the Predators, I think, would have a significant impact. Yeah. 
So I guess we'll just have to see. They Right now, nothing is confirmed. It just says, well, they're like day-to-day, like they're available. But who knows? I mean, I would think that means if they could return for game one, that means they should be coming back sometime during this uh, Stanley Cup. So one of these two will hopefully be able to get their names on the cup. Well, one of them. Or, but well, yeah. I mean, it can't be both, but like one of these two. All right, so we're going to jump down to the best player of the conference final. I got to go with uh, Craig Anderson sporting a 922 save percentage throughout the playoffs, but that really did spike during his fantastic play minus game five of the conference finals. Uh, he did great against the Penguins. The fact that he even got to six games, let alone seven games against the Pittsburgh Penguins was fantastic. So I think Anderson definitely proving himself there to be a stellar goaltender. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think my best player of the conference final, I think Evgeny Malkin of the Penguins, has had a, he had a great series and he's had a great playoff so far. He's had 24 points across this year's playoffs. He's consistently leading his team in ways that Sidney Crosby isn't hasn't been doing as much of lately. So I think across the board, I think Evgeny Malkin has really upped his play and it's helped and it helped him a lot in this series. That is true. Malkin is definitely a staple to the Penguins. So, topping number nine, we've been seeing this like pop up here and there. Is uh, teams not allowing? you know, out-of-market fans to buy tickets, which is nothing new to the Predators, which is why they're blocking Penguins fans from buying Stanley Cup Finals tickets. Only residents within, like, Nashville, Georgia, Kentucky, like, yeah, um, I like think the they just kind of like, around there. They just, like, picked certain areas <coughs> yeah, in, like, certain counties and stuff in the area that they want. Well, obviously all of Tennessee, but I think they just picked, like, where they get broadcasted to. I mean, they probably just picked places where... There wouldn't be any Penguins fans, so which yeah. I guess I mean, like I understand, but so yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it so seems that can, it's, they're you're... kind of restricting it to like a few states. They've, I believe, it's um, unquote unquote the Nashville Predators viewing area is where the tickets are being sold, which are kind of like the states that have like high Predators viewership. So it's Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. And that'll just, um, it'll be up to, like, the credit card that you put in. We'll tell them, like, where you're from and if you can buy the tickets or not. And the the warning is, orders by residents outside the viewing area will be canceled without notice and refunds given. So, it seems that the Predators really do not want any negative energy when they are playing. So, they're just kind of restricting the ticket sales. And sure, like, you could just get them off a of resale site or something. So it's not like this is actually going to make a huge difference, but... I mean, it'll make some difference for people... Oh, yeah, it'll definitely make some difference, because these tickets, when they sell them, like, when they first come out, those are, like, going to be the cheapest ones. But... Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess the Predators just cannot handle any negative energy, and obviously they have done this before. I remember that they did this back, what was it, maybe two seasons ago? With the Lightning? Well, no, they did it against the Blackhawks. That's what I remember. Is because it was when they brought in Scott Darling after like two games. Oh, the Predators did it against the Hawks, yeah. Yeah, they did the they same. They always thing. do it against. They were the like, Hawks. if you had like a like a Northern Illinois area code or something, they would just like re like the ticket sale get canceled or whatever. <laughs> so I mean, there's nothing new to this, and technically, I guess they're not doing anything illegal or anything. So there's no reason for them to stop doing it, other than I guess it's just annoying when it gives us something to talk about. I guess. So they don't want any errant Hawks fans in the cup yeah, They don't final. want any, like, Pittsburgh fans eeping in to the... What is it, Bridgestone? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, yeah. All right, so... Um, I guess we'll go on to topic number 10, the Stanley Cup Final. It's hard to believe that we are already here. The 2017 Stanley Cup Final is one day away. And the fact, I mean, the season has gone by so fast, but the finals are here. Predators and who? who? Oh, yeah, the Penguins, my bad. (laughs) I gotta say, this final, I mean, a lot of people expected to see the Penguins here. Not a lot of people expected to see the Predators here. Lots of people expected the Capitals to be here. But 
It seems that the Capitals but once again fell as, in trap to as their we, old ways. As we both predicted, the Capitals were out in the second round, which is nothing new. Yeah, it seems that that's what they are best at. So we've got the Penguins and the Predators. Now this is a very hard series to predict because we've got kind of like two different winning formulas right now. Yeah. The Penguins winning formula is that they are just been consistently good all the time, always. And I guess that would get you a lot of wins. That helps a lot. And, I mean, they won the Cup last year. They've got all yeah. the playoff experience. They the Predators, the on the other hand, I wouldn't say ha- they don't have what the Penguins have. They do have a streak of hot luck that has shown no signs of dying out. So, because, like, clearly they swept the Blackhawks, and then they won the next two series and six each. So, clearly the Predators are hot, and their flame is not going out. But the Penguins also have the consistency and the skill that have led them here. So I feel like this is a really hard one to call because I don't know which one's going to prevail, like the like the kind of the skill or the luck. Well, here, like, I'm thinking of if you're going to have, if you're going to have, like, a key, one key for each team to, uh, to, to like, look the key to the game, the key to the Stanley Cup, I think for the Predators, they got to activate their defense just like they've been doing through the whole final or uh, through the whole playoffs because, yeah, they've definitely been the lucky team coming out of those series, but their defense has been extremely, like, activated. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, their defense, they've had more points from their defensemen than any other team. And, see, the Predators, instead of dealing with I mean, uh, the Penguins had to deal with Eric Carlson. Okay, that's one guy. Really the only guy that they had to worry about. Now they got to deal with, like, four Eric Carlsons on the Predators. So, the way that the, the, the Predators play their fast game through the neutral zone needs to be slowed up by the Penguins. And also, the Penguins' key, they should they just need to crash in that because the Predators do a fantastic job of keeping teams to the outside, keeping the play to the outside. So, the more bodies in front of Pecorine the less he's going to be able to see, generate the rebounds. And, um, you know, you just got to get those greasy goals unless you can find one, sneak one through on a rare odd man rush or, you know, from the outside. So this is going to be, unlike last year, this is going to be a great Stanley Cup final, I believe, because these two teams have been fantastic in the playoffs and definitely deserve to be here. I think it's just a lot harder to predict this one, and I think that's what's going to yeah. make it interesting. If it was two teams and you knew coming in who was going to win, then who cares? But I really don't know. See, I mean, I do. It, it would be cool to have going on to our final segment. We're going to throw a new one in here, the Consmite Trophy winner prediction. So, which most likely ties into who's going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and I think it would be really cool, even though it would be, like, cool to erase the Red Wings as the last team to repeat. Throughout the whole conference final, I started to, like, hate Pittsburgh a lot. Why is that? I don't know, because uh, they beat Ottawa, I guess. For no, no but- Oh, so for no reason. Is that what you just said? <laughs> I don't know. Throughout I'm the course like, of one week, you just decided to go from I want the Penguins to repeat to I hate the Penguins? Well, my viewpoints were open. And by what? By the fact that the Predators could win their first Stanley Cup ever and that it's not fair for the Penguins to repeat. <laughs> it's not fair. It's just not fair. So I Why wa- didn't you think that last week? Because the were the Predators in the Stanley Cup Finals last episode? The Penguins weren't even in the Cup Finals last week. Where... Answer my question. Answer my question. We'll, stay, we'll do it on three. One, two, three. No. no. Exactly. So that's an invalid point. Get out of here. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. But I think the, and the season series, too, if you can even say, they went one, both teams won and lost on home ice. So the, they played first really early in the season and then after the All-Star break. And a 5-1 win at home in Nashville early in the season for the Predators. And then a 4-2 win after the All-Star break in Pittsburgh by the Penguins. And I think that the if the Predators, you know, stick to their game, they can be able to uh, 
uh, you know, outmatch the Penguins. But either way, this is going to be a hard-fought series just based on how these teams have played. And I do think it's going to go seven games. And um, I think, I don't know how I feel about saying this, but I think the Predators can sneak away with the Stanley Cup, which gives Pecorine the Conn Smythe Trophy. So, I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work for the Predators, but, I mean, if the Senators can push it to seven, the Predators can easily get it done. Um, so I think Predators in seven is what I'm going to have to say. You know, I mean... And then Rene with this Consmite. Right. I'm pushing it here. This is just like a hard series to pick. Like, I'll be rooting for the Predators. I think regardless of what I end up choosing here, I don't want the Penguins to repeat. And I like Nashville's hockey fan base better. So I'm going to be rooting for the Predators. But... Even when it comes down to it, I think, like, Pittsburgh kind of just has the advantage that is more reliable at this point. Like, last year, the same type of thing happened where the Sharks were, like, a third seed or a wild card or something. Weren't they a third seed, I think? I think the Sharks were a third seed last year, and they just had a great run, and they beat all these teams. But when it comes down to, like, the Stanley Cup... I don't know how long that hot streak is really going to last because that's when everything is on the line and both those teams have worked too hard. So, like, whoever's really got the more talented squad is going to come out victorious. So, I I mean, I think for that reason, I'd probably give it to the... I think the Penguins are probably going to win and I think Evgeny Malkin is going to get the Consumite Trophy. I think just because if they give it to Sidney Crosby, it's like, who even cares? Because, like, I, he's won enough awards. He's done enough things. Like, I don't care. If Sidney Crosby won, it's, like, a waste. Because, like, we already know that he kind of deserves an award of some sort. But if Kenny Malkin is one of the most underrated players in the league, and I think he could easily come up with Conn Smythe Trophy if he keeps playing the way he's playing. So, I'd probably say Penguins in seven, although I will be rooting for Predators in four. <laughs> yep, so there we go. Um... We'll just have to see, and by our next episode, we will know the Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, we'll be back in June with the next episode, and at that point, we will know who's going to take home that Stanley Cup this year, so I guess that rounds out our episode today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you go to our website, HockeyTopics.com, and find all of our new episodes, as well as links to all of our social media and places to listen to this show. If you don't feel like going there, I can give you these links right now for our social media. You can go follow us on Twitter at Hockey underscore Topics, as well as following or liking our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Hockey Topics. You can also listen to this show on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Those links are at the bottom of our website, or you can search them on those respective sites. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week with the Stanley Cup champion, Rolling off of our tongues, I'm Clayton Horwitz. With Ben Abraham, we'll see you guys after the final. <laughs>